Hi, I'm Sean Healy, and you're listening to Tools. Hi everyone, Sean Healy, NLP trainer and change agent here, and welcome to episode 107 of Sean Healy Tools, a podcast designed to support people in having better quality lives and better quality relationships. So welcome to today's episode. Episode 107 is entitled Recovery from Toxic Family Systems Part 1. There's a fair bit uh, to talk about through this topic. So I've already uh, decided that I'm going to do a series. Um, we might do a couple, Bob back later. We'll see how we we go. Um, but depending on what kind of uh, family system we grew up in, what kind of parenting we experienced, this very much can and, and does influence the way we go about our adult relationships, um, how we show up in the world. Are we having most of our uh, relating experiences with others from a place of presence, intimacy, and equality, or are we mostly relating to people through uh, fear, um, uh, avoidance of attack, and um, uh, hoping that uh, people don't leave us, um, you know, avoiding abandonment pain? Um, because depending on what our drivers are for our relational experiences, given, you know, the best we did surviving our childhood, then these things can really impact the the kind of quality of relationships we have, um, how we manage stress, anxiety and intimacy in our lives on a day-to-day basis. So this is why I thought I'd do um, an episode on on this. If, if we if we grew up in a family system where one or both of our parents maybe had an active addiction, maybe um, uh, there was, you know, they, they had unresolved trauma that affected their day-to-day functioning, um, if there were abuse or immaturity dynamics running, um, all of these things potentially affected how our parents showed up, or maybe it was just naivety, you know, previous generations. Um, it's It hasn't been that long since we've really taken a, a, a more, um, a microscope, I, I guess, to the family system and the way in which intimate relationships are developing. There, there's a lot moving on those fronts. Um, so self and other inquiry to the degree that it's now kind of considered important and vital for productive and harmonious functioning just simply wasn't part of the framework going going back um, a generation or two. And I'm, I'm even extremely interested in what it's going to look like a generation or two from now. But um, if we can add to the flow of information over time, that's the idea behind all all of this. So depending on um, whether our parents were able to meet our needs, um, whether our parents were able to facilitate our personality, our strengths, support our weaknesses, um, encourage us, and whatever kind of ideas we had about what our parents should or shouldn't have been doing, you know, how well or not did they come up to those regards and, and how has that impacted us uh, going forward? Because if you were the victim of, um, you, you know, the, the, 
our deepest and, and, and first kind of relational triangle is mum, dad, and child, or mum, mum, child, dad, dad, child, depending on what kind of dynamic you first came into. And then there's, you know, were you adopted into a dynamic or is this a biological dynamic that, that you're in? Um, there's, there's certainly many layers to that even. Um, but those first primary relationships, if they fundamentally broke down in some way, that is going to influence every other relationship you you have in your life. So you can potentially you might desperately want love, but at the same time be terrified of it. You know, if the place we went, we we sought safety, love, intimacy, and connection was also the place that we were most toxically wounded, then that that is a real challenging uh, bind to be running off in your future in terms of I'm desperate for love. And I'm also desperately afraid of it. Um, and so I've developed, you know, so you developed um, self-coping mechanisms to get you through. Um, but it may be that those protection and coping mechanisms are now actually causing in your adult life a lot more pain because your environment has changed. You've grown. You've got more wisdom and resources, size and strength on board, um, a different a group of people around you who potentially are more supportive and yet somehow I'm unable to um I've all my life I've wanted to be at peace with life I've wanted to be at peace with other people and now that there's that opportunity I can't seem to grab it I can't seem to get past some of the childhood wounding um and that's you know that can be a deep source of shame um that 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 can emerge because, you know, I should believe in myself more. I should trust myself more. I should love myself more. Whereas, you know, one of the things that sometimes is a victim of growing up in a toxic dynamic is our, is our self-love and our self-compassion. Um, you, you know, again, because when we were little, we could not afford to see the flaws in our parents. That would have been because that they're our survival mechanism. So it couldn't have been them. It must be me that's wrong. Um, and that is a perfectly coping, a perfectly valid coping mechanism for a child. If that got you through and you survived your childhood, my, you know, my absolute regard, um, respect and awe to you for getting through if it was that horrendous. Um, but, and the situation is different now and you have to have compassion for the fact that you, you might not yet be able to, um, you know, I should love myself more. Well, um, and the reality is that the most loving thought you can have when you have the thought, I should love myself more is, um, and, and I don't, and I am where I am. You know, that, that is the most loving thought you can have rather than again, some perfectionistic expectation of where you should be that once again, you, you, you know, you use that, your, your inner critic uses that to punish you rather than with absolute compassion and, Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't, I'm getting better at it, you know. Um, I should believe in myself more. Um, what's the reality right now? I don't, or I don't in this moment, and that's okay. That's where I am, you know. And and these, you know, when we're looking to, um, because again, our self-protection, our, um, our methodologies for managing intimacy and anxiety, and our self love and self-compassion really take a hit when the people who were first meant to model to us the most effective way of, of, of starting to step into our own integrity and how do you healthily be part of a group 
and be an individual simultaneously let us down let it really let us down in in, in one way or another either sometimes unfortunately intentionally because of what they had running and sometimes unintentionally just naivety and confusion on their own behalf um and you know one of the things that's difficult to grasp but but starts us to come back into healing is to go well my parents should have done better well the reality is that they didn't and that time has passed and i mean that with absolute compassion we're talking about you know getting to a place of freedom in our thinking and and how we do that is we 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 come out of fantasy and wish and hope and we come into reality and the reality is they didn't um and what do i do now because you know how do i give to myself now the things that i desperately wish my parents had of or perhaps i'm due to traumatic bonding i'm still trying to chase those things you know in in 45 years i i wanted my parents to just acknowledge and validate me um and they never have um well um then validate self probably probably stop that if you haven't got it in 45 years then it's probably time to surrender paradoxically when we surrender that need for other validation uh, ironically that's when we're most likely to kind of get it but but what's more important now is self-validation um and it also might be that when we've kind of generalized that we may be able to go back and go were there any moments actually where i did get what i was seeking um and then paradoxically you you find that even the crumbs don't fill you up even if there were moments where our parents acknowledged us um that helps but it doesn't fill the aching emptiness um that is where we have to come home to ourselves we have to um start to work on well we don't have to but um gently and at my own rate and speed i'm doing the best i can to to find how to heal in that methodology um and when we're talking about kind of healing in that methodology i guess um i like very much i think it's Pete Walker um i think his book is surviving to thriving uh, dealing with complex PTSD um i think my 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 um uh, my for forgiveness if i've gotten that incorrect um and i'll in the show notes i'll i'll actually put the the book in the the book in the title um just in case i've uh, referenced that incorrectly um but i like the way he talks um about when we're considering complex recovery methodology um that this is that we're taking a systemic approach to our healing and our uh, bringing forward our own um authenticity we're changing the way we relate with people we're changing the way we relate with ourselves and we've got the compassion to go and that is going at the rate and speed it is i'm not comparing myself to others i'm um not critical of my process i'm not shaming myself um i i just i am where i am and 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 that's the most compassionate thing i can do right now is just be okay with where i am and know that i'm i'm working on it um but what we're talking about here is is when we're doing a a kind of a wounding inventory i guess because if we've come from a place of of toxic kind of experience in our family system then then you know how did that wound my thinking how did that um you know how did i have you know critical thinking wounding how did i have emotional wounding um was there physical wounding if there was physical abuse or even witnessing uh, um uh, uh, forms of abuse 
um, it's it's important to recognize that that can be equally as traumatic, even if it didn't happen to you directly, but you saw um, continual psychological attack and barraging on, on another family member, or you witnessed physical or sexual abuse, you, you can still be very much traumatized by that. Um, and it's important not to minimize that experience. Um, and then, you know, one of the things that, that I think sits in this is when we're looking at um, uh, kind of spiritual abuse um, and, you know, because our parents were the first kind of um, beings, you know, almost mystical, um, far greater than us, um, were responsible for our care. Um, and when they let us down, how did that impact my spiritual beliefs, um, how did that impact my relationship with life in general? Um, so that there's elements of that to kind of consider. And then also, how's it played out in my relationships? Um, so if we're talking, let's say, if we work our way back a little bit, what's an example of critical thinking wounding or thinking wounding? Well, one thing is, you know, that we develop a chronic inner critic um, that is constantly pulling us apart, um, lots of perfectionism, lots of shaming, um, always finding how anything we do is never good enough, um, uh, you know, and, and, and tearing strips off us for, you know, all these kinds of inadequacies, talking about how worthless and flawed we are, you know, what, what's our kind of um, inner dialogue with ourself like? Um, and do, do we need to set some boundaries around that and start to really get aware of just how toxic some of our own thinking has become towards ourselves. You know, that's an example of kind of um, a, a cognitive misfire, um, so to speak, or a, a something that needs addressing. Um, but it might be that if we're talking about emotional wounding, um, perhaps due to my family system, um, I, there are certain emotions that I, I wasn't allowed to or I wasn't it wasn't safe to show. You know, if I showed too much joy, I was smacked down. If I um, looked too happy, I was called smug and what are you up to, you mischievous little whatever. Um, if I was angry or sad, I was shamed and embarrassed, you know, suck it up and be in, you know. So on both sides of kind of, um, in terms of our emotional range and our emotional palate, what was not allowed or what was shamed or um, belittled or attacked out of us that, that we have to recapture in our adult experience. And, and um, you know, if we've learned to squash certain emotional things down, how do we, how do we gently reawaken those and learn to embrace the entire emotional palette that's part of the human experience? Um, so, you know, again, um, we, we're showing compassion for our entire emotional range um, because sometimes when we're in recovery, it's a real emotional roller coaster. We can be pinging and blissed out one second and feel like we're gutter trash the next um, and going, okay, here, here's where I am. Um, do I need to sit in this? Do I need to work through the emotion or is there some practical thing I need to do right now to, to bring myself out of this? Um, like I said, with the spiritual one, you know, our parents are our first higher power, so to speak. And then if there's been a rupture in the level of trust with that, then how has that ruptured our relationship with uh, God, life, the universe, whatever you want to kind of call it? Um, some, you know, what what in 12-step programs they would talk about the higher power of our understanding. Um, or perhaps as a result, you've made yourself your own higher power 
um, uh, you, you know, in, in some form and how has that worked for you and worked against you? And then, of course, like I said, how does this play out in our relational dynamics, which is a whole, um, they're all their own kind of um, episodes, so to speak, um, and their own areas of exploration. So what this effectively means is if we're taking a bit of an inventory and we're understanding that we probably took a hit in, in multiple forms in, in all of these kinds of areas, then that means that our recovery methodology has to be uh, quite diverse so that we are looking at, um, let's say, some sort of cognitive therapy to help uh, question our, our thinking structures or maybe it's something like uh, NLP and we're, we're kind of you know, fleshing out our thinking patterns and challenging some of the, the less healthy ones. Um, if we're talking about um, uh, uh, emotional um, or um, body-based recovery, then might, maybe we might want to explore some somatic experiencing, some body-based work. If we tended to, we tend to be the kind of person who processes quite physically. Um, you know, sometimes for people, this can be something as much as just gentle stretching. Um, can help yoga, um, some mindfulness practice to 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 help, um, and you know maybe some gentle massage, some gentle walking, or perhaps some vigorous forms of exercise. You know, um, it's understanding that we need to explore um, multiple pathways, and and you know I think that our primary kind of um, test here is how do we feel after we've engaged in that particular activity? Do we feel like we're more grounded, we're more centered, we're more cleared, we're we're, we're closer to reclaiming self um, or reawakening self, whatever you you know analogy you want to kind of use? That I feel in some way my relationships are getting healthier and more authentic and don't come from my uh, adaptions and the ways that I, you know, and again, I don't want to make those adaptions wrong. Please understand you did the best you could with the methodologies that helped you survive your, your childhood. But when we're talking about, and so we, we, we really want to honor and have compassion too for our get by strategies, our protection methodologies, all the things that we use to get through because um, we're here now. Um, but when we're looking at addressing these in a more, you know, if, if these aspects of ourself are maturing and more competent going forward, then how do they reflect um, uh, more the environment we're in now rather than carrying the residue from an environment that's long past? Um, and that's, you know, and we're doing that at the rate and speed that we can do that. So, you know, you can talk to friends and, and again, your support group, you know, your social group and your professional group is really, really important. Um, getting people who understand uh, complex recovery methodology is important. Um, people who um, are not trying to push their their ideas and emotional experience on you, but allow you room to develop and explore yours. So you can certainly go to people and say, "Well, you know, what are you into and what are you doing?" Um, but understand that that uh, a body of work that worked exceptionally for one person, we're all we're all different. Um, so you might explore the same body of work and find that you got some return. Um, it was exceptional or no real discernible shift at all. That doesn't mean that the methodology is wrong. It just probably indicates that that might not be the one for you or might not be the one for you right now. So move on. The main thing is that we are, we are persistent in our pursuit uh, of bringing forward um, we're, we're, love, we're, we're finding a way to love ourselves enough 
that we're persistent in our exploration. Because you can have moments where you just go, I'm never going to recover. I, I certainly remember at certain parts of my journey, I was convinced that I was just simply too broken um, in certain ways and too flawed. And again, when we think about you know toxic shame attacks and inner critic attacks, yes, it can feel like that. But just because it feels true doesn't mean it is. And as long as we can keep putting one foot in front of the other, um, uh, then, you know... Um, we keep going. And and from time to time, if we can't keep going for a little bit and we just need to stop and rest, that's okay too. You know, it's really having compassion. Where we are is where we are. Um, everybody's journey in recovery is a little bit different. So, um, but I think the key thing here, if we borrow from, you know, other areas, um, you, you know, let's say that one of the things that that is attributed to success in any environment um, as a significant factor is persistence. So, you know, I love myself. I'm, I'm working on loving myself more. Um, I should love myself more. Well, what's the reality? Right now, I don't. Okay. Um, and I'm working on it. Um, you know, that's the most loving thing you can do right now is, is to recognize you, you don't love yourself as much um, rather than use that as a moment of shaming and, and inner critic attack and chastising or you know, um, going into rage and resentment. Why, why do I have to? Why do I have to do all this? You know, other people are off having great functional lives and wonderful relationships, and here I am, you know, doing this. Okay, what what's the reality? Well, this is what we're doing um, until we don't need to do it anymore. Um, so that's it. And and you know, we're finding. And that's not to diminish or deny the anger. I, you know, I, I certainly don't want to suggest that that's the case, but we're finding a way to sit with it, to be with it, and then, you know, um, keep on keeping on. So uh, here, that's episode that's episode one on recovery uh, from toxic family systems, part one. I, I hope that you find that um, uh, give you some things to think about if you are on the recovery journey. Um, you know, uh, my my profoundest kind of um, my my deepest bit, you know, my deepest wishes for your success um, uh, on on that road, and that you find exactly what you need. Because um, I think we're we're worth it. We really are worth it, um, even on the days when we don't think we are, um, and and we're worth it more then than ever um, for what that's worth. <laughs> um, so thank you. Thank you again for, for joining us on this episode. Um, for those of you who've listened along to the show for some time now or right the way through, you know the drill. Um, I'm, I'm really grateful. Um, I really uh, am very moved by the fact that, you know, you're using, you know, you're taking some time out to be with this program and I really hope it's, it's, it's offering some value and, and some, some help for you. Um, if you're just joining us, welcome. Hope you found the episode helpful. If you want to continue to support the program, please go to iTunes, download, subscribe, leave a five-star review as it makes it easier for others to find this material. If you know anybody um, who you think this might help, please um, direct them towards it or, or share it with them. Um, and 
this show is also available on Podbean, Stitcher, and at the website, emergencetraining.com.au. If you, uh, given that we're over over 100 episodes now um, at the website, you'll see that um, to make it easier for you to access the episodes you think are relevant, because I jump all over the place, um, the website has kind of four, five, maybe four or five uh, main categories that the the episodes are clumped into. So that might make it easier to find the things that you're specifically interested in. Um, and of course, by all means, if there's a sh- if there's an episode you want to know, if there's a topic you want to know a bit about, um, let me know. If I know something about it, I'll, I'll, I'll um, or I feel I can contribute in some way, I'll put something forward. And um, uh, also, um, by all means, come and check us out on YouTube. Sean Healy, the Relationship Resourcing Series, um, doing some similar sort of stuff over there. And there's always the coaching side of my business, uh, face-to-face or online, and public and in-house trainings on all aspects of um, human dynamics for the purpose of you know getting more harmonious and productive synergies between people. Ooh, synergies, well. Wow. Um, anyway, uh, enough for this particular episode. Like I said, thank you so much for, for being with us on this episode. Very, very grateful. And until the next time, bye for now.